Take 5 podcast for Fortinet. You give us a few minutes, and we provide five cybersecurity insights based on current trends impacting today's technology leaders. This podcast series taps into the experience from the Fortinet Field CISO team, focusing on the challenges leaders will face in the upcoming year across industries and technologies. I'm your host, John Jacobs, Fortinet's Field CISO for technology and high technology customers. And today we're talking with Michael Brown. Michael's my peer that covers financial services, and he's going to talk about the preparing for the year ahead in the financial services industry. Thanks for joining us, Michael, and welcome to have, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John, and thanks for the opportunity. So let's jump into it. Taking a look back, we're towards the end of the year. What were some of the top of mind challenges for CISOs in financial services in 2022 in the realm of cyber cybersecurity? In financial services, I would say ransomware. Just based on all my conversations with CISOs, I consistently hear ransomware and then followed by insider threats. I also work closely with our threat intelligence and research division, PortiGuard Labs, and they documented almost 11,000 new ransomware variants in the first half of 2022 alone. To compare, the second half of 2021, there were 5,400 variants, so basically a double which in my opinion, it quantifies with data what I'm hearing from financial services CISOs. Yeah, and you're not alone too. That that trend has been essentially everywhere uh, across industries. So how do you think that will evolve, change, or adapt in the year ahead in 2023? I think cyber criminals will continue their tried and true tactics. It's making money. It's successful for them. The ransomware is profitable. And I feel this is going to continue on the same trajectory and increase in 2023. One of the biggest factors I feel is ransomware as a service. So that's just a subscription-based model that enables attackers to use already developed ransomware tools to execute attacks, and they need little or no technical expertise for that. It's like the recent attack on the California Department of Finance, I believe it was last week, and that was done with a ransomware as a service called LockBit. I also think we're going to continue to see new ransomware criminal groups popping up as law enforcement continue to shut down groups and arrest their members. And I feel this is in two parts. First part is due to some members not getting caught. And the other are cyber criminal gangs. They have access to the ransomware source code, and then they can fork off on their own. So this is why we often see new ransomware campaigns that come to market with very similar signatures as the ones that were recently shut down, like Conti, for example. The Conti group was shut down in May, and within a few months, you know, we started to see new ransomware variants detected with similar signatures as Conti. Yeah, that is that is great, great validation of what we uh, what we're seeing. So, um, and if you you sort of look, where do you see what moves up the list then as ransomware becomes more prolific, more numerous? Uh, you know, what do you see sort of challenges or, or, or techniques, technologies? How do you see that sort of bubbling up? I think specifically to financial services, I'm going to build on the ransomware as a service, but we're going to see more forms of what's called crime as a service overall, more generic. Mm. Uh, we're going to see, you know, cyber criminals take advantage of different types of turnkey subscription-based offering. Things like money laundering, for example. And I think we're going to see more automation in this area doing things like chain hopping. This is converting from one currency, one cryptocurrency to another multiple times sometimes 
and in different amounts or denominations. So it makes it much harder to trace by traditional blockchain analysis. And it also decreases the probability of recovering the stolen funds. I, I also think we're going to see more payments in privacy coins, such as Monero or Zcash. Now, these are types of cryptocurrencies that don't use the same type of public distributed ledger that currencies such as Bitcoin use. And again, it's much harder for investigations using traditional blockchain analysis. It's not as easy as just buying a car wash anymore just to launder money. So, <laughs> definitely not laundering that yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, well, so if you think about some of the overlooked cyber strategies or, or technologies, uh, do, do you think there's going to be a specific focus there? We, I talked a bit or we talked a little bit about, you know, reconnaissance. And I know that's sort of a hot topic, but do you see sort of other technologies come into play as, as these move to scale and more of a breadth inside the, you know, ransomware type delivery? Yeah, I definitely see, you know, financial services firms, we rely heavily on data, making decisions around trading, risk management, and even credit trading or credit decisions. So one strategy I see very relevant is data-driven decisions around the financial services cybersecurity. I wouldn't use the term overlooked as the security leaders. They are aware of the value in this, but more the industry was not ready. There's, you know, too much product fragmentation. I, I think as we see more and more consolidation and convergence of cybersecurity and network point products, it eliminates or at least reduces the complexity of monitoring your cybersecurity operations holistically. I think the market's moving towards a cybersecurity platform architecture rather than a point product ecosystem. And the platform approach allows for the interoperability and coordination between the devices but it also leads to a consistent workflow that scales and allows the organization to leverage a consolidated data set to proactively manage risk and improve overall security posture. I think also augmented SOC services are often overlooked. And I think that's mainly due to companies that have their own internal staff and they've invested in them, they've trained them. And using outside experience doesn't say or portray to your competitors that you, know, you don't have the expertise. Think about your internal legal team. They consistently work with outside counsel. And, and one of the key reasons is the external firm has a broader visibility across numerous firms and how they handle you know, the same or similar legal issues, such as the recent LIBOR replacement in financial services. So I think that's exactly the same underlying reason why many firms are starting to look into external security services to help augment and better foster their internal security teams. And do you see sort of a push into more active cyber defense? Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of tools that we've talked about and when we cover, but do you see in the financial services vertical, them, I have to believe that those folks are, you know, cut a, cutting edge, tip of the spear when it comes to really knowing what's out there before it, before it happens, before it hits the front door. Do you, do you see that as a trend that we'll see in, in the next year? I definitely thank you for, for that uh, compliment on our sector. And I really, I think CISOs and financial services are taking a more active approach, but I, I think there's definitely room for improvement. So like given the pace of digital transformation in financial services, there's always a chance for unwanted consequences or vulnerabilities to be introduced. And that is your digital risk. So, so just like your firm manages their financial risk, they must put more focus on the digital risk management. So things like external attack surface management, for example, 
that provides an outside-in view of your organization. And use this to identify known and unknown assets on your network as well as vulnerabilities. And then from there, you can review the risks associated with each binding and then prioritize and remediate accordingly. And other things they can do is use brand protection to find things like credential leaks or brand impersonations on social media. And then by detecting it early, it allows you much better protection of your old overall brand image, which you work so hard to obtain. And then finally, things like adversary-centric intelligence. So that provides an insight into imminent threats, but it also helps you better understand your attackers and I think more important, their motivations. Yeah, that's a great list. Actually, really, really appreciate that. Well, thank you for joining us and thanks for joining for this episode of Take Pot. For more information about our financial services specialties, visit the website www.fortinet.com forward slash financial services. The Take Five podcast is brought to you by Fortinet, securing your digital acceleration with the performance and scale needed to protect and prevent threats across an organization's entire infrastructure, including networks, endpoints, and clouds. Thank you.